You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. This is an emergency Jay Gruden just got fired podcast. Does, that, does Eric have – is there emergency podcast like uh, bells and whistles, noises? I mean, sound effects, anything like that? No? Not yet. But that siren is from Jason Lockenfora. Right now, I am not Will Brinson. I'm your guest host, John Breach, who is filling in for Will Brinson. And just so you know, he did not get Jay Gruden. He is currently traveling, which is why I'm here. To make Brinson happy while he's gone, you should download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen. And while you're doing that, go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. And make sure to mention that John Breach is your favorite guest host. But that is enough of that. Let's get straight into this and bring in the man who knows more about the dysfunction in Washington than anyone else. And that is our very own CBS Sports NFL insider, Jason Lockenfora, JLC. Let's dive right in on this Jay Gruden stuff. What are your initial thoughts on everything that's happened over the past 24 hours? My thoughts are the most um, amazing, surprising thing out of all this is that Jay Gruden lasted into a sixth year coaching a football team for Dan Snyder. Just, just think about that. I mean, that's an eternity. Like, he... It's like dog years. Like he should get like for his pension, he should get credited seven NFL seasons for each season he lasted in Washington. Um, I'm letting the dog out to do his thing, which which I guess is apropos of this conversation when we're talking about the Washington Redskins and their history with coaches. I mean, this was coming. Um, Jay knew it. The staff knew it. Uh, myself and the Washington Post were reporting about it last weekend that this was basically viewed in that building as um, inevitable, an eventuality. Um, could have done it two weeks ago. Could have done it in the middle of last week. Could have done it right after that horrific loss to the Patriots where there were no Redskins fans in the stands, but plenty of Patriots fans. Um, you know, he could have waited to see this grudge match with the Dolphins. Are you fired up for that one, by the way? That, that's talking about game of the century. Well, I'm glad um, you brought that up. Do you think they kind of did him dirty? Because it's like, if you're going to wait till New England, why not just give him yeah. a shot at getting a win against the Dolphins? Yeah, no, this was, I mean, look, this, he, this was over in the spring. Okay. I mean, this was, this was over when they're charting a new course for the organization and he's not, you know, really a part of it. Not that he was a part of the Alex Smith trade. I mean, it's Bruce, Bruce, Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen run that franchise. Period. Any significant decisions that's made, that's made, it's those two. And oftentimes it is just those two. They may listen to a few other people in meetings, but they don't speak in meetings. They don't say what they're thinking. They occasionally caucus for opinions, and then they go off and do whatever they want to do anyway. Um, it'd be one thing if Bruce Allen had any merit in his resume, in his um, makeup, that pointed to him being a person to run football operations. He doesn't. Yet he persists in that role, and he has the owner's ear, and the owner's uh, history of decision making speaks for itself. And so they're in these; they're perpetually kind of chasing their own tail. As I let the dog back in the house, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Um, you know, when when the head coach doesn't have much say in the quarterback, and he was hired because he's a quarterback guy. You know, when 
there's differences opinion of opinion consistently about the way the franchise should be built and the decisions that are made. You know, they look like they were becoming something of a normal NFL franchise when Scott McLuhan was there running personnel and Bruce, a business guy, was supposed to just be on the business side. You know, and they had a couple of intriguing drafts and you thought, well, maybe, you know, nothing lasts forever. And then as soon as there were some accolades coming Scott's way, the, you know, Bruce got him chucked out of the building. And, you know, now Bruce has all the personnel power again. And good luck with that, Washington Redskins. So, yeah, this, is, this was a long time coming. Um, there were people close to Gruden who, who felt like even in the spring, because this was setting up in such an untenable nature where, you know, Gruden's in on Colt McCoy and they're signing Case Keenum and Alex Smith is broken and the owner and Bruce want to draft a quarterback and, you know, Jay's like, well, if you're going to go with a young quarterback and completely rebuild, you know what I mean? Are you sure I'm the guy? Like, do you want to fire me in the middle of the season? Like, when you're breaking that quarterback in, like, what are we really doing here? These seeds were sown a long time ago, Breach. And, and let me ask you this, Jason. Why do you think Dan Snyder relies so much on Bruce Allen? And as you mentioned earlier, Bruce Allen's been in the organization since 2010. And as also you mentioned, uh, Snyder goes through coaches like crazy. I think this was the eighth coach that he's gotten rid of in his 20 years. So coaches are this lasting. This the first guy to get two contracts. This is the first coach to get two contracts from Dan Snyder. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Jay Gruden, honestly, like, say whatever you want about him, but – he certainly should get he should get his name in the Redskins Ring of Honor if if not Canton, Ohio. <laughs> All right, well let me ask you this. Uh so we have Jay Gruden out, Bill Callahan taking over, and obviously the power structure there is Bruce Allen at the top of the pyramid. It doesn't matter who's blowing because Bruce Allen's never taking the fall for anything. Who would you think is a possible candidate to maybe take over as head coach there? Oh jeez. Um you know, to your initial thing, you know, about why Bruce Allen, the guy Bruce Allen replaced was Vinny Serrato, who for about a decade prior was someone who the decisions that were made in that organization um, on the personal side and in the draft were, were horrific at times, yet he stayed because he was Snyder's main man. And, you know, he was loyal to Dan. He could, you know, Dan calls you at 3 o'clock in the morning, get over my house, get over to the mansion, I want to watch film. And, and you know what I mean? And you're there at 255, like, you you know, jump how high. I mean, that's what he expects and what he demands. And when he finds that guy who he thinks will be loyal to him through a fault and will tell him, um, you know, how uh, don't, you know, don't let them get to your boss. You know, I, I know you really want to win. I understand you. Oh, the rest of the world doesn't get you. Like, there's something about Snyder's makeup that makes that very important to him. And the other thing with Bruce is he's trying to get a stadium built in, in D.C. proper, you know, somewhere in southeast near old RFK or whatever. If you're not familiar with, for people who aren't familiar with where the Redskins stadium is, it's basically in a made-up suburb, you know, outside of Washington, D.C., about probably, I don't know, 10 miles outside of D.C. or so. Um, there's only one highway in and out, you know, 95, one main artery. Uh, it, 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 there are no bells and whistles. Public transportation stinks. The place is a dump. Nobody likes going there. It takes you three hours to get in and out. And uh, all that's caught up to him. So Bruce does have some business side acumen. And Bruce's brother used to be the governor of Virginia. And I think that helped them get a sweetheart deal in Richmond where they hold training camp. But it hasn't gotten them anywhere yet 
in terms of a new stadium, but there is a sense that that's the guy, you know, who Dan thinks can help him get a stadium. So that's part of the reason Bruce doesn't get fired, even though I think the team's record since he got there is like 35 games under 500. Um, <laughs> where do they go from here? I think they go for some sort of sexy move if they can pull it off. If, if you study Dan Snyder at all, you know, he, he kind of goes from low-key to um, – handing all the, the keys over to somebody else, right? He inherited North Turner. They'd gone to the playoffs, you know, I think with uh, Brad Johnson, but it wasn't very sexy, and Dan wanted to get his own people in there. Um, you know, so, so you know, he, he started picking quarterbacks, and, and that thing fell apart. So then he handed it to Marty Schottenheimer, right? And Marty had all the power, and I think they started 1-5 that year with Tony Banks or 0-5 and, and ended up at 500. Um, Marty got all the Marty got to pick the players. Marty got to do everything. That wasn't a whole lot of fun for Dan and Vinny. So you know, after one year, despite that great finish with not much talent, uh, Marty was out, and you know, Dan wanted him to seed personnel control. Marty left. Um, so okay, then he's chasing Spurrier, right? And and that was a disaster. And he wasn't an he had no NFL coaching pedigree. So what does he do? He hands it to Joe Gibbs and gives him all the same power that Marty had. And Gibbs is there for a while, but it's hard to put the band back together. Gibbs retires, even though I don't think he was going to get an extension anyway. Um, maybe as a team president, but the coaching thing had sort of passed him by. So what does he do then? He hires Jim Zorn, a guy that nobody else was even interviewing for head coaching jobs. But that's what he was sort of stuck with at the end of that hiring cycle because people didn't want to go there. So then that blows up. What does he do? He gives everything to Mike Shanahan, right? So it's like every other time it's the proven guy with the resume, the Schottenheimer or the Gibbs or the Shanahan who get full control. So that doesn't work. He hires a relatively, you know, uh, unknown Jay Gruden, who had been a successful coordinator with your Bengals, but didn't exactly have the deepest pedigree in the world. Now that's run its course. So what do you, what, what would, what would that discourse tell you comes next? Uh, well, it tells me that they probably go for a hot shot, like you were just saying, but the funny thing you just mentioned is about the Bengals. Cause you look at Jay Gruden and, you know, his first true NFL job was in Cincinnati as the offensive coordinator in 2011, which was Andy Dalton's rookie year. So they literally just took a quarterback, uh, a second-round pick, and threw him in. And all of a sudden, the Bengals were a playoff team for three straight years while Gruden was the offensive coordinator. And I'm bringing that up because, look, they drafted a quarterback this year, as you were mentioning earlier with the whole Dwayne Haskins stuff, who Jay Gruden clearly isn't comfortable with. So why would they put him in that situation? How big do you think the Haskins thing played a part in getting rid of Gruden? Because it seems like he just didn't want to start Haskins. Well, I think part of the reason he didn't want to start Haskins is because Haskins isn't ready and that he does you know, you, you mentioned that, that Cincinnati team, I mean – you wouldn't remember better than me, but I recall them having some weapons, right? I mean, Tyler Eifert came on like gangbusters right away, right? And they had a AJ Green in his prime. Um, who was who was the running? I feel like they could run the ball pretty well. Who was the running back at the time? Uh, I think they had Cedric Benson in 2011. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they were running through running backs for. They had they had they they put together a really solid offensive line that held up. For a long time, in fact, their left tackle almost took the Rams to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, it took them to almost help them win a Super Bowl. Like, and they had a defense, right? And Marvin was building a monster of a defense that you know you had all these ascending players, corners, and Geno Atkins and guys like that. What does what does Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins played one year of college football? He's got no left tackle, no left guard. The right guard's hurt. Uh, the tight end is probably never going to play again because of you know multiple concussions. 
They drafted a running back in the second round a year ago to run the entire offense through him. I mean, that was the design of the thought process. He's like literally never on the field. Um, you know, they got one wide receiver. He's a raw rookie and he's already hurt. You know what I mean? Like, I, I respect what Jay Gruden was doing. Now, you know, he did throw the kid in there the second half, but he, the other the other week, but he had that was it. He only had two. He only had two quarterbacks up, and I think part of that was like, okay, you're, you're, you guys are so dying to see this. Here you go. This is what it looks like under these circumstances. Um, he's right and smart for not playing Haskins, but I got a feeling Haskins will be playing pretty soon now. Um, you know, Dan Snyder's not going to go with Colt McCoy very long, you know, Gruden's guy and Keenum's banged up. So Godspeed Dwayne Haskins. But I, yeah, I mean, I think that was sort of the last straw, but this has been festering for a long time. I mean, I, I really, the, the Alex Smith stuff to me was the beginning of the end. Like when the general manager and the head coach are literally unaware of a transaction, that's significant. And it is such a star cross destined to fail transaction. Um, with what they gave up for him and the decision to immediately, you could have rented Alex Smith for $17 million for one year. Then you've got two franchise tags, which the world knows you're willing to use on a quarterback, right? Because you just <laughs> did it two years in a row, right? Like, that's where it was over because, I mean, <clears throat> Jay Gruden's like, is this, this isn't even an upgrade over Cousins. And now we're stuck with him for all these years. And, and then, you know, unfortunately, he has a horrific injury right away. And at that point, whoever the Redskins head coach was, particularly if it's an offensive quarterback guy, is pretty much doomed. Um, you know, on top of that, the offensive line starts falling apart. Oh, yeah, and I didn't even mention that, you know, the Trent Williams thing, where Jay is like, just please, why don't you guys go to his house? Like somebody, you know what I mean? Try to build a bridge with this guy. Let's, let's, like, let's use the carrot and not the stick. And Bruce and Dan, through the media, are using the stick and not the carrot. So now he doesn't even have his left tackle. Like, come on, man. This this thing is over. And, and do you think anything's going to change with that Trent Williams situation with uh, Callahan in charge or a, a potential new coach coming in down the road? I mean, that's, that's way over Callahan's pay grade. I mean, I know he's, he's you know, a stud offensive line coach, but this is, this is a player who um, does not trust Bruce Allen and does not trust the medical staff. And, I mean, unless they're overhauling their medical staff on the fly and, and they are flying to Trent Williams and getting down on wounded knee and, and having the culpas and laying out a plan for how they'll be better um, and, and earning his trust back and here's our new, you know, our new medical team. Like, I, I have a hard time seeing that happening in mid-October. I don't expect the player's stance to change at all. Why would it? He's got three more weeks till the deadline. If I mean, if they refuse to trade him, and they get, you know, the week, whatever, the Wednesday of week nine with Trent Williams still on their roster. I wonder if that is the true tipping point with this fan base to the point where you, you start seeing not just staying away, but um, like almost people picking another team. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. just becoming like football agnostics and like, I'm just going to root for my fantasy team. I'm just going to root for my bets. You know what I mean? Like, the, I think that will, the covenant right now is, is tattered. I think the covenant could be shattered if they let their stubbornness, you know what I mean, go into a situation where you've got to, I mean, Laramie Tunsil, two ones and a two. Come on, man. Yeah, like, and the Redskins are a blue blood You're going to war with this guy? You know what I mean? When you should be rebuilding around draft picks? Like, are, are, what, what, like, other, I thought the eight GMs last week, 
and when we got to Washington, they like they all were saying that like they're like like we know it's bad there, but this is now like beyond ridiculous. Like it's almost like a parody, you know what I mean? Like a shadow regime. Like <laughs> just do the right thing. It's sitting right in your face. You're getting calls from John Dorsey and Bill Belich. You know what I mean? Like it's right there, bro. You're going to get a one and a three at least for this guy if you play your cards right. Like what planet are you on? Now let me ask you this, Jason. Do you think they'll make any other changes in the organization before the end of the season? I mean, I don't know, but you know, like I, 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 Doug Williams is the GM, but Doug doesn't get to pick the players. You know what I mean? Like that's Bruce. I think they like having somebody else with that title. So like, you know what I mean? They can kind of say, well, wait, we have a GM, but it, nah, I mean, whatever, man, everybody knows what's really going on. But I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what good that would do. Um, the interesting thing will be if they get a big fish type to come in there and they give them all the power and the control, does Bruce's role change? You know, does Bruce get kicked just to the business side? And, and the problem there is even if that's what happens, you know, in theory, like the new roles and, you know, Mr. You know, the head coach also has the title of, you know, VP of football operations or whatever. If Bruce is still in the building and he has that relationship with the owner and he really likes having full control, like you don't think he's going to undermine you every chance he, you know what I mean? He's going to be whispering in Dan's ear, oh, I wouldn't have picked that guy, or I wouldn't. Have. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't know that that's tenable long term. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, I'm I'm guessing they will restructure the organization um, whenever they hire this next guy. Um, you know, January, whatever. But I don't know how many people are attracted to this job. Like you can make a lot of money. You know, Jay Gruden will make $6 million next year to run his brother's offense in Vegas because <laughs> he'll still have, you know, Dan paying him for a year. But it's career. It's, who, no one gets off the mat. Like, this is a career. It was it. You know what I mean? It was it for Marty. It was it for Spurrier in the NFL, at least. You know, I guess he did go on to South Carolina. It was it for Gibbs. It was it for Zorn. It was it for Shanahan. It's probably going to be it for Jay Gruden at least for a while, and, and my suspicion is maybe forever. You know, like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, Nobody I mean, comes out of this for the better. And the one advantage Gruden does have is that, and you just mentioned it, is that soft soft landing spot in Oakland where he is almost guaranteed a job and can kind of rebuild his image if he were to run the Raiders offense for a couple years. Yep. Uh, and you know what? That brings us to our next top. You got anything else you want to say on the Redskins? Are you ready to move on? I I think that covers it. I'm I'm good. All right. So that we're talking about John Gruden. The Raiders uh-huh. pulled off the upset of the day. Yes, or maybe the Colts over the Chiefs, but who cares? Yeah. They pulled off the international. Well, upset. that would be the upset of the day, and the Chiefs would be the Colts. Chiefs would be the upset of the night. Upset of the night. So now Raiders are sitting at three and two. You know, yeah, this team how about that? They was completely dysfunctional a month ago. How much credit does John Gruden deserve for all of this? I think a lot. I mean, um, look, they they looked left for dead a couple of times, right? The whole Antonio Brown saga and coming into the year, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know what I mean? Like, our, our, where where is this team? Where's what's their makeup? You know, they they really thought. I mean, they thought Antonio Brown was like going to be the best player on their offense. You know what I mean? Like they that's that was what I mean. It's not me, like hyperbole. Like they they really thought that. And then he not only leaves, but you know tries to blow up the franchise on the way out. Um, 
you know, like literally, like the whole, I'm going to burn your village down. I mean, like, I'm not even, again, I don't really think I'm exaggerating. No, and that, then they that, come out, right, and, and they win week one, and they look pretty good, you know? And then they kind of look like the Raiders for a while, and you're like, oh, boy. And then they beat a really good Colts team, and not just beat them, but that's a super physical Colts team, you know? They went out and smashed the Chiefs in the face. And they kept it simple, stupid. They put their brass knuckles on. You know what I mean? And they played, you know, 1975 Big Ten football. <laughs> Big boy football, right? And, and they won. And that's what the Raiders just did to the Colts, you know, six days ago. And then they go to London, all the, you know what I mean, all the way from Oakland in a crazy week, um, you know, against the Bears defense that looked absolutely menacing against the Vikings. I mean, they had Kirk Cousins seeing ghosts. And Oakland comes out and bullies them for a half and then tries like hell to become the Raiders again, right, and give it away and then win anyway. Like, I, I yeah, I think they're – I think whatever. Here, hold on a second. I'm going to give you a sound effect since we didn't have one for the uh, the emergency alarm. <laughs> oh, the dog doesn't like that. But I'm knocking wood, man. I'm, I'm with them. I mean – and then they, I, I, there's going to be some weird team that makes it in the AFC, don't you think? Like oh the yeah, Colts, absolutely. to me, the Colts could be a two seed. Like I don't think that would be that wouldn't, and, and I would have said that, like even if they lost a close game last night, because I'm looking at, you know, the Chiefs are getting a little banged up, and you know, at some point you're going to lose games, and you're not scoring forty points every week. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like people are going to get banged up. It's it's just going to happen. New England, they're winning, but if you really watch how they're winning. They're in survival mode right now. You know, they know they got to make upgrades before the deadline. And the rest of the conference, to me, like, I don't know. It's all like, you know what I mean? Will the Browns handle success? Like, was that their Super Bowl last week? And you know what I mean? Do they show up hungover and punch drunk tonight? Or are they about to go on a tear? I don't know, but I don't know that we can crown them yet. You know? Like, who? who I'm sitting there saying there's going to be something weird that happens in this conference because – there's just not that – I don't believe in Houston. I think the Colts are far and away the best team in that division. But I don't know, man. I know the Raiders have a tough schedule, but they just had a really tough week, and they aced it. They did. They, they lost their star linebacker. They lost Vontez Burfick five days before the game, so they had to go yeah. in there without their best, best defensive player, and they still shut down the Bears' offense, which isn't too difficult with Chase Daniel running the show. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, the playoff race in the AFC. It could be – the AFC South could put three teams in. That's how crazy this year has been. You know, the Texans might not win the division. It could go the Colts, but the Texans, the Jacks could end up as a wild card. The Titans are in there. Uh, the Chargers, despite falling on their face, that they're still in this. You know, and you mentioned the Browns, so it is everywhere. But let's stick in the AFC South real quick. We saw Gardner Minshew against the Panthers yesterday. Great passing numbers, but lost a couple fumbles. Do you think Minshew is the future in Jacksonville? And what do you think happens once Nick Foles is healthy? I think he's the present and the future. Um, I, I mean, like, normally you'll, like, uh, at least with me, you're seeing a kid who's, who's you know, comes in out of nowhere like that. And you, you come in kind of grading on a curve, right? Like, he, like he, had for, he has to replace Foles, like, what was it? It was literally week one, right? Like, Foles scored a touchdown on the first <laughs> possession. Yeah. And then literally this dude, you know what I mean? I saw the game he played against the Ravens in the preseason. And I think we've come to find out the Ravens are not exactly a menacing defense, right? In, in right. fact, they're one of the worst in football. 
They kicked, I swear to God, they knocked his helmet off three times in one half of football in a preseason game. <laughs> it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I, I mean, literally, I was like, like, we're in the press box, like, does he have the right size helmet on? You know what I mean? Like, that, like was that the third time in like 17 minutes that he got crushed so hard that his helmet went rolling 10 yards? Kenny Young, I mean, uh, you could probably find it on well, whatever, YouTube or uh, wherever highlights are found. Came up the middle on a blitz and literally hit Minshew at the five. And I think Minshew's helmet ended up in the third row of the stands. And I'm just like, this is, you know what I mean? This is going to be, this kid's got it rough. And then he's coming in week one, you know what I mean? And like, so you're great on a, at least me, I'll speak for my, I'm great on a curve. Like, well, let's see if this guy can even be like functional. You know what I mean? Like are plays getting off on time? Are there formation penalties? Are there procedural penalties? Like, like no, can you get the, the basic part. stuff? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Does he know, like, where the center is, you know? Right. I'm exaggerating, but you get it. And then right. you watch him for a while, and you're like, all right. You know what I mean? And then the next week, you're still kind of grading on a curve. Um, you're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm like, you're kind of looking for positives, and, and you see the, you know, you're, you're talking about the intangibles, the energy he brings to the huddle, how guys respond to him, what he's like on the sidelines. Can he, you know, can he hit at a deep shot once in a while? Okay. You know what I mean? And then eventually, like, you get to a point four or five games, and he's, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm just going to evaluate him like I would evaluate, you know what I mean? Like, I would evaluate a starting NFL quarterback. And, like, he is doing the job. And I'm sorry, he doesn't have anything around him. He's got no tight ends. You know what I mean? Like, D.D. West, but you got guys who show up every now and again. I know Prisco would try to tell you, you know, they're the 84 49ers. But there's not a whole lot there, you know? And their best player is literally holding out and rubbing their nose in it. And this kid's got them in games every week. I mean, honestly, if they just kick – and I'm using an aggressive guy. But they send that game to overtime in Houston, they win that game. Like, if you're watching that game, you're like, Jacksonville – you know what I mean? Like, Jacksonville's taking it to these guys. And Houston's offense had no answers. So I believe in – I think the kid's legit. And then you start looking at, okay, well, what do they think of them, right? And so you're listening, watching press conferences, reading, you know, reading the, the clips from the, that the PR staff puts out. Then you go to their social media. But let me tell you, brother, the business side of that building is all about some Gardner Minshew. They are marketing the hell out of it. You're going to tell me they're going to stop with the mustaches and stop with the social media campaign, you know what I mean, and stop with Minshew mania to hand it back to a dude whose history says – if you need him to play like four to six really important games in a row, he's your guy. If you're trying to get through four months with him, you're a fool. You know what I mean? They're going to go back. Like, they're going back to that? I don't care about what they're paying him. Like, that's not going to matter. Like, I just don't. And, and you're, 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 you're dabbling with the idea of trading your best player. Like, and your second best player is 33 years old. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. Calais can't. You know what I mean? Like, and you're really? You're going to go to Nick Foles? Even and, and they're going to be in the hunt. Look at their schedule. Like no one like again, we just said eight and eight might win that division. I don't I don't see why you I, I I'd be very surprised if this continues. I mean, why why would you stunt his growth? You know what I mean, to go back to Foles. You're not getting through all the next season with Foles and you, you should be rolling with this kid. I don't think you can trade Foles either, but that's on you. You should have done a one year twenty twenty one whatever, twenty to twenty five million dollar deal. You signed him for two, but that shouldn't work against Gardner Minshew. Who better to help mentor Gardner Minshew than Nick Foles? I mean, you combine their salaries, it's like $25.5 million. So that's not that bad. You know what I mean? For two, for two potential winning quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know what you think, but to me, it, it's only trending in one direction, which is that 
you keep playing this kid. Yeah, I mean, they're selling, you mentioned the business side, they're selling a mustache ticket package for October to the Saints games and the Jets games in Jacksonville. You can't just, you, I, I don't think there's any way he's going back to the bench. And, you know, you mentioned Nick Foles. He's got a $33 million cap hit in 2020. So he is literally going to be there another season unless they find some way to trade him. I don't think they're going to take that kind of uh, dead cap well, hit. So I mean, good. look, if you, 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 you could, I mean, you eat five million, seven million, whatever. I mean, it could happen. Like you, you know. And if you're smart, you get you, you do the clowny deal, but you get more form. You don't you don't eat the you don't need half the salary and like get nothing for him other than a comp pick you would have got if you just let him walk. You know, I, I think you could get something of value for him if you know if a team finds themselves in a situation. Um, you know, sort of like how the whole Foles thing evolved. You know, which you go back to the Eagles and. You know the Brad the the uh, the Bridgewater injury and then trading Bradford. You know what I mean, and then that leads them to play went sooner and all that. Like you might be able if you eat enough money, you might be able to clear that clear that contract. But I mean, this team like they have a life and an energy about them. And again, I don't buy much of their offense. I just don't. I think this kid, if he really had stuff around him, would be you'd be like, wow. Um, and he makes wow plays now, and I, I don't. I mean, he's not. He's not the problem. He ain't even close to being the problem. He looks like a potential solution. Yeah, and another part of that is he's making Leonard Fournette better because people actually have to respect the Jaguars' passing game, which was never something anyone had to worry about while Blake Bortles was there. And so now you're seeing Fournette's numbers popping. Uh, so you know, like you said, there's not a lot of talent on offense, but it, they've somehow managed to put up points and look good with Minshew running the show. Uh, JLC, I know yesterday you wrote about let's flip South divisions and go to the NFC South. And yeah. look, Drew Brees, Cam Newton went down. Those two teams were kind of left for dead. It was just like, hey, if they can just keep their heads above water while their starting quarterbacks are out, uh, maybe they can stay in contention. Well, right, they're right. doing go 500 and tread water, right? Yeah, yeah. Just right. go 500, tread water, and then make your make your push in in late November, early December. Yeah. And now neither of these guys have lost a game. I mean, how impressive have they been to you? And what do you see for the Panthers and the Saints going forward? I'm incredibly impressed. Um, and, and you know, I think it, it takes a village and it, it's a feather in all their caps, sort of, and, you know, and, 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 you know, same thing with Frank Reich and what they did with Andrew Luck retiring as late in, in the offseason as he did. I mean, it wasn't even the offseason, in the preseason. And being willing to take a completely, you know, a completely critical rethink of your identity and what you think you are, or, you know what I mean, and what you think gives you the best chance to win and, and you know, going in a, in a completely different direction if you have to. And all three of these franchises have done that on a week-to-week basis. And um, it's not easy to do. Um, and then you look at what the individual quarterbacks have done, and, and um, Bridgewater gets better each week. And you can – I mean, it's it's almost like tangible. Like you can kind of see his muscle memory coming back. You know what I mean? And you can kind of see his his confidence coming back. And you can literally kind of see him shaking off the rust and getting back into the rhythm that comes with running an offense, not just a play here, a play there, but, you know, getting all the reps in practice and being a big part of the game plan – 
you know, and then going in, having known you've completed passes to all these different guys all week in preparation. It's, it's just a different, um, different thing. And each week he gets better and they allow him to do a little bit more. The way they incorporated Taysom Hill last week was, or last week, yesterday, whatever, was, was really interesting. More downfield passes from Hill at times, which now when he's in there, you've got to kind of think, wait a minute, he might be doing more than just keeping it or pitching it. Um, and Teddy, I mean, he, he had a heck of a football game. And he's setting himself up to make a lot of money next year and be in a position to, again, kind of pick where he goes. And, and if, it, if he doesn't want to go to a completely rebuilding team to be a Band-Aid guy, you know, he won't have to. But he's still only 26 years old. I think we forget that with all he's been through. Yeah. Um, and he's in great hands with Sean Payton. And so I know there's a lot of people going crazy about these videos with Drew Brees. Like, dude, that's, you know – Throwing a ball in a controlled environment is a whole lot different than being out there, you know what I mean, among 22 dudes, you know, who are literally having hand-to-hand combat for 70 snaps a game. I, I, I don't think that video changes the timeline at all, which is we're not going to bring Drew back until he's at zero risk of aggravating this, you know, and, and everybody feels like he's had as much of time to rest and recover and strengthen that thumb as humanly possible. And that's the whole reason Bridgewater is there so that you're not in a, Oh my God, you know, going to the doctors every 48 hours. Like, well, could we try this? And could we try that? And would this make him come back sooner? And what if we tried this brace and wait a minute, you know what I mean? We talked to, you know, an orthopedic guy who says he might be none of that. It's like, take, you know what I mean? Drew, you work on that thumb and we'll get back to you when we need you. And same thing with the, with the Panthers and cam, um, you know, it was always going to be through this bye week, at least. They're about to go to London. Um, and then they come back and have the bye. There, there was not much of a chance that Cam was ever really going to come into focus before that. And now the question becomes, if they win another game with Kyle Allen, he looks the part. I know the fumbling has been a bit of an issue. The numbers weren't super gaudy last week. But that's a Jags defense that still is, you know, can be pretty good. And they move the ball up and down. And, and he's got McCaffrey there, who's just an absolute stud. Um, he's connecting more with DJ Moore. I like the way he pushes the ball downfield. Nothing seems too big for him. Um, and I think the kid has a future in the league. And so, you know, we'll see where Cam's ankle is the middle of next week. Um, I'm going to sign out of that. His midfoot um, sprain, list Frank, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, could they could, – is, is Cam at a position where – at a point where he's, he probably could start practicing, but why not push it back another week? You know, that that may be a decision they make because how many, you know, Allen, it's been great and he's 4-0 and and all, but it's still only four games, you know. So if you're rolling with him, you don't want it to be a 50-50 rep split or even 75-25. You know, you want to, you, you want your starting quarterback to be, to be getting, especially someone as young as him, to, to be getting as much as possible. So we'll see. Um, I, 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 I'm just impressed with the kid and, and. It, to me, it's a positive for them because they found somebody who can play the most important position in the league, in this league. Um, he is an NFL caliber quarterback, I, I believe. Um, is he, is he going to you know, be a high-end starter? I, I don't know. But he, he is a commodity and an asset, and that's, you can never have too many of those. And now we just have to find out if Dwayne Haskins is an NFL caliber quarterback. JLC, I brought that up because this was the Jay Gruden Got Fired Emergency Podcast. Thank you uh, for jumping on and dropping some Redskins knowledge on us. Uh, 
Will Brinson not here. We'll be back to host on Wednesday. For now, you are stuck with me, and thank you for listening, everyone.